0: Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.
1: Okay, episode 82 of the Talk and Power podcast. And we have some special guests in the studio. None other than Alistair McCray. Alistair, thanks for joining us. How you doing, boys? And Denver Park has come in to help out. He's back. And Todd, Todd, as usual. Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for joining us. No
2: worries. Hey, Alistair, we'll kick off.
1: We'll we'll, we'll get stuck into this one. For those that are uninitiated, and you'd have to be pretty uninitiated, I would suggest, not to know the McRae family. I think anyone that's even... I think even my parents, who know nothing about cars, would know of the McRae family. So... Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, you find yourself in lovely Western Australia
3: these days. Yeah I've been here for 13 years now, um, well as you said the McRae family name has been involved in motorsport for a long time. Uh, my dad was rallying when I was growing up, um, he, was a, he had a plumbing and heating business but then his hobby was rallying which turned into profession although he kept the business going so he was five times British champion. Uh, myself and my brother Colin both started rallying Uh, obviously when we were 17, both into bikes prior to that Um, Colin was British champion, then world champion and then myself British and Asian Pacific and managed to make a career out of it for pretty much 20 years uh, professional, so to turn your hobby into profession uh, and for well three out of the same family to do that Mm. it's pretty special and Obviously got the name pretty well known throughout the world. Mm, no,
2: certainly, certainly. The question is, you've been in WA for 13 years, what brought you to WA? Like, it's a lovely place, we can all vouch for that, but how did you end up here, Alistair?
3: I was just cruising around and thought, this is a nice place. Oh,
2: that, that sounds good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got, I, met, I met my new wife when we were here rallying back in 99, I think it was, get the dates right. Uh, We did get married in Scotland, had kids there, but then when I stopped competing in the World Championship, when that all kind of quietened down, I was looking at doing some stuff in the Asian Pacific. Um, Always loved coming to Perth. I like the outdoor lifestyle, so to be able to go jet skiing, mountain biking, motorbiking, a bit of rallying, uh, and have some sunshine, which you don't get a lot of in Scotland if you've ever been there, Uh, it was just a, a great opportunity for tired of back near our family and then you know to bring kids up there's not a, i wouldn't say there's a better place around than, than perth
2: yeah and no, i um, i've seen some of your stuff on social media sort of living up near the beach and going up to the gyms and doing all those things interesting which is yeah we have a lot to offer in perth we sometimes take it for granted don't we
3: yeah you know i think you do when you when you when you live anywhere you do take it for granted i mean for me scotland I would say Scotland always be home where I was you know, born and brought up. But yeah. when, you, when you travel around, uh, there's a lot of places that, that have got great things, but Perth seems to have pretty much, from day-to-day life, Perth's got everything you really need. Yeah. Uh, and it's, as you say, motorsport-wise, are, for me, hobbies. So motorbikes and jet skis and a bit of cars and stuff, It's uh, it's all very close, which is good.
2: That's good to hear. So actually, on the spot question... What part of Scotland are you from? Central,
3: between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Bro, slightly closer to Glasgow, but uh, central Scotland.
2: Well, there you go. <laughs> now I know. So, um, and look, while we're talking about your family living over here, your son Max is doing multiple things at the moment. Did you want to give Max a bit of a plug and let us know what he's up to? I saw he was doing F one thousand the other day up at Waterloo, and I saw you just the other week down at Quinana In uh, you're in the passenger seat, Alistair. I was a bit shocked tell you the truth yeah, and i'll <laughs> give anything a go once <laughs> <laughs> now, i mean he's
3: been he's been karting since he was kind of seven years old so he's he's been i think twice state champion he's won the uh, west australian cup or championship five times i think and pretty much every class he's driven in so he's always been karting uh does a bit of motorbike and similar to myself uh, but his as, as, as thing's have always been he wants to go rally and he wants to try and carry on the family name. Uh, but through the carton side, he got the chance to uh, enter for the RI's um, racing competition to basically find a driver, uh, which they ran last year. So he uh, did that, he's won that, and that you know gives him the opportunity to drive one of the RI's F1000s uh, in the WA Championship. So he's doing that. Uh, had a real good run in this first race slight mechanical problem putting back but uh, his as lap times in the two races he finished and you know got from the back of the grid to fourth then up to second so did a real good job there and we're also doing a little bit of rallying as well, he we started with the, the tarmac rally sprints down at Quinana which we saw you at yeah. uh, and then we've just done a bit of testing on the gravel for the kind of first proper test on the gravel with the Fiesta so He's, uh, he's getting a bit of diversification in his driving, and at only 15, I'm not convinced he knows how lucky he is, but uh, yeah, he's, no, d- he's doing a really good job.
0: Do you have one of those emergency brake pedals on your side of the car? No, it's vice r- grips <laughs> <laughs> right, right about there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll have to get the video for that one now, maybe.
3: <laughs> Basically, grab him by the bollocks if he doesn't do his toll.
2: <laughs> no, you guys seemed to do pretty well the other night, so. Yeah, yeah,
3: he, he does. He seems to jump into things. He's he's natural at driving for sure, uh, and I think you know the, the go kart and anything for me. The go kart and riding motorbikes it all helps. No matter what you what you do, you know. And as a kid, you tend to you take it in very quickly, a lot quicker than we do. So yeah. <laughs> uh, he seems to be able to adjust whether it's the racetrack track or in the gravel at the weekend. He, he drove really well, so. Um, it's uh, it's good, and I enjoy it. It's good to see, even as you say in the co-driver seat. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say my pace note reading's the best, but <laughs> he's not got enough experience to know I'm making a lot of it up. <laughs> Fair
2: enough. So, you just go here, ten left. You know, yeah. a bit faster, you're good. Uh, yeah. I know
3: that the problem was I tend to watch his driving too much, then realise I don't know where I'm in the pace note. No. Page. <laughs> but at when I've done it a few times, so I can kind of look up and just uh, I make it up as I go along. <laughs>
1: Good to hear. So it's an interesting point you raised but I mean, uh, talent is is not—it's obviously inherent in your family line yeah. and, and driving talent. Uh, can, can you expand on that a bit? Because I mean, at the end of the day, my father—we yeah. <laughs> had no following in, in automobiles or anything like that—and so, like, my my talent is—I know where my talent is. But tell no. us, like, how does that flow on through the family?
3: I mean, I. I guess it's what you're brought up, what's round about you mm. and what you do from a young age. I mean my, my dad hadn't done any rallying at all until he was he was, I think 30, 31 when he did his first rally. He'd ridden motorbikes and did a bit of motocross or it was scrambles it was called back then uh, and then stopped all that when he started his own business because you know, he couldn't afford to injure himself yep. and then got up and run then it was a friend has just said you know, do you want to come along and watch this rally? And they said, well, what's it all about? So he went and watched that and thought I'll have a go and it was good straight away. So for him, there was no lead up to it. Uh, but then obviously for Colin, for myself, you know, we watched that. We, you know, we rode motorbikes. You, if you could get a day off school and go testing with my dad, then you would do that. So mm. I guess if it's all round about you, if you're round about somebody that plays soccer or Aussie rules, then you're going to go down that route. So I think it's maybe that, or if it's something in the water back in Scotland, I don't know. Oh, I would suggest it is in the water.
0: Then would, would you? What, what? Oh, I don't know. My dad told me he'd teach me how to drive one day and blew the clutch out of my WRX. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so sometimes it doesn't,
1: it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 fair enough. It's just an interesting I've observation. Got, I've
2: got told it's an expensive waste of time by my, my, my late father, but... Yeah. But then, just before he passed away, he went. Actually, you're doing pretty well with some of that stuff. So enjoy it. So you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. change the scenario.
1: But <laughs> yeah, no, no, certainly. I think you know, my my, my family was never interested in, in cars at all. So, but I, I grew up with an interest in yeah. in mm. cars. But I didn't. I didn't have the talent. Never, never have. Never will. But luckily,
2: I identified that at an early age. To be honest, My <laughs> you, <laughs> truth be told, and I was going to tell this story later. It was actually my dad's interest in WRC that got me interested um, yeah. back in. God, ninety four, ninety five, 95, going back a long time ago, mm. said to me, got a surprise, we're going out for the day, we went out into Mundaring and watched it all afternoon, yeah. and then we went the year after, and the year after that, and then he said, you're have to drive, you go by yourself now. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I did, went and watched it every year, it was in yeah, Australia, yeah. and every year from there on, so.
0: Yeah, well, it was much, <laughs> we were much the same, my father, when Rally Australia first came to the purple, was it 87 or 88? It was it, a fair it, while ago. Yeah, yeah, we, 88 uh, seems to ring a bell. Yeah, because we, we used to go forward driving fairly regularly up in the, where all the tracks were up in the, the forest. We drove up there and sort of backtracked into a road <laughs> closure and the guy looked at us and went, how did you get here? <laughs> but yeah, that was how we all started you know, yeah. in those days. So. My parents definitely helped there. Mm.
2: So uh, Alistair, you've sort of touched briefly in your rally career, but um, yeah, how, how did you get your start from bikes into the British, British Championship and then... I had rid of your sort of bio last night, you've done a lot, can you yeah, expand n- and also condense it a bit, <laughs> that makes sense? It could,
0: no. could be here for a while. I've got to ask though, it says a Nissan Sunny, was that a GTI R or? You. No, it was, the, it was the
3: GTI, the, the British Championship and I'll get this right, Ninety the end of 93, yep. they went two-wheel drive, so yeah, for yeah. 94 was two-wheel drive, so it was the, the GTI, yep. so two litre. Yep minus the rear diff. <laughs> yeah, minus the rear diff. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I started on. I did trials, then motocross, uh, and then even when I turned seventeen, I continued on r- racing bikes or motocross. But then injured my knee for the second time and decided I would have a go at the rallying thing. I always, I, produ- I would have always had a r- go on rallying for sure. But it, I enjoyed bikes and still do a lot. Uh, and from then it was basically, you know. Like any sport, you start at the bottom, so it was the this, this, this Scottish Championship with a Vauxhall Nova, which would be your holding Barina, I believe. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then worked work from there up until, you know, I got the, the chance, and the first kind of big break for me was in 92, where Shell did a scholarship, uh, and there were six, I think, six finalists. Um, a lot of guys that went on to become work drivers, so I won that, which... Uh, gave me a kind of funded drive in the British Championship in Group N in the Sierra Cosworth uh, which we won Group N and then three years later, uh, condensing it down a bit, yeah. won, won the British Championship with the, the Sunny uh, and then from then on it was a mixture of the British and World Round with Formula 2 which was two wheel drive before eventually getting into the, the WRC with Hyundai uh, full time with Formula 2 to start with then the WRC car there, Mitsubishi, various rallies around the world, the uh, Asian Pacific Championship with Proton for three years, which was good. Uh, so it was. it's kind of spread from 92 through to 2012 full-time, uh, and then since then I've still continued on. I still enjoy driving. Uh, don't do any full championships now, but when you get the opportunity to drive cars it's, uh, it's always something I like to do
2: yeah I remember back in the day you jumped in the Hyundai and a few of my mates and I sort of looked at each other and went Hyundai? who were they? and look you did pretty well at the time we all thought uh, yeah no
3: <laughs> that, that, the car then was I think for me if they had it's like anything you've got to have the budget and when you're fighting against you know Toyota and Subaru and Ford all these guys that have been in it for years to come in as a new manufacturer is not easy uh, and it takes a lot. You probably need to spend more money than what Peugeot And certain these guys were sending, and the money wasn't there. But there was enough budget to, you know, certainly get people to sit up and take notice. And we, by the end of it, it was getting to the point where you know we're, we could finish in the top five of WRC events, which you know was pretty good after two years on a what would be a relatively small budget.
0: Yeah. Well, he probably said the same thing about Skoda when that came over yeah. here and. I think they always podium, didn't they?
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. yeah. So they tried to change the clutch and it all went sideways? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that wasn't so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah.
3: I think now, nowadays it is. it's the the expense of getting involved in the sport probably puts a few manufacturers off. Um, but the FIA try to bring costs down like any motorsport, but yeah. there's a certain cost you can't take out of it. And to be competitive, if you've got manufacturers been in it for a while... Uh, then to catch up's not easy.
2: Yeah, fair enough. And uh, look, just quickly the Mitsubishi days. Like I'm a Mitsubishi fanboy myself, but I read this
1: in the notes, Todd. Why? <laughs> you
2: would have been drooling about this part. Yeah, look, what was that like driving the it was an Evo Seven? Wasn't it at the time? The Evo Seven. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, that I, I pro- for me, that was what I thought was going to be the next step up yeah. in the WRC, but. I reckon I got to the right team at the wrong time, pretty yeah. much. Because when we arrived, Mitsubishi, when it went to WRC in '97, uh, Mitsubishi stayed with the Group a-, a car for a number of years and yeah. probably stayed for too long. So by the time they changed to the WRC car, it was like in the Group A WRC hybrid, if you want to call it that, rather than an all-out, you know, new WRC car. Um, and at that point. There was plans for another, you know, WRC2, which did come along when I was there. But by that time, I think they'd fallen behind just a little bit. Uh, and then and the, the headquarters themselves with Mitsubishi, there was well uh, Mercedes bought into the company. Uh, and they changed the management structure. And one of the things that got dropped was rallying. So, you know, what, what should have been the next step in the career came to a bit of a, a stop rather quickly, which wasn't the best thing
2: oh that's no good so I didn't sort of read you ran your own car for a little while after that a production car as such
3: yeah I did in 2004 uh, did just the the PWRC so production world championship um, with a private team out of the UK RED so that was that was basically just to try and get you know there was no at the the point when Mitsubishi pulled out uh, they also dropped the teams all dropped from three drivers to two to cut costs so you know all of a sudden and kind of the 2000, 2001, there was there was plenty of drives available. But then by 2003, you know they'd lost one manufacturer, they'd lost a seat in each team, so it was it was difficult to get a job or get a drive. So we we went was kind of privateer with Red and did the 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 championship win. Where I mean, we basically it was between three or four of us could win it here in Australia, uh, but we had to win the event, and we were actually we were leading the event by I think we'd about two and a half minutes lead. Um, got, for me, the last day was the uh, up in Mundaring The first two stages there were always pretty tricky But that was me I knew If I could get them out of the way We had three stages down in well, h- what they used to call the Bunning stages yep. mm-hmm. uh, So I was quite confident Get the two of them out of the way No punctures then you know We can pretty much cruise through Bunnings Which we did do And then the first two in the morning But then on the, the first stage in Bunnings The rear diff blew so that was it finished. so oh, we went no. we went from we went from leading the event and potentially you know the Group N World Championship to going for a beer
2: <laughs> fair enough I think well Denver and I have been up to the, the old Bunnings multiple several times, times. Yeah, yeah several times back in the day reminiscing a lot with Yale so we can t- can't tell reminiscing yeah, a lot yeah, about yeah. the old no, I mean these
3: these the stages down there are really good but obviously the part that everybody remembers is the, the jumps and yeah. going down to the finish Fairly spectacular, and there's a lot of footage you yeah, that yeah. Th- over the years, so it was
0: always good to end down there. Mm. Mm. And I've got to ask going from WRC or PRC style on Group A events to Dakar, which is yeah. the endurance of endurance events, but how does that compare to you know, either sort? Uh, it's, it's a completely
3: different thing, and mentally, I probably struggled for the first few days the first year I did it. Mm. You know, because you, in, a, in a WRC event, or any one or two the event, it doesn't matter what you're doing, it's it's a sprint event so you're you're absolutely on it from the start to the finish no matter what. Whereas mm. when I did the Dakar it was there was a privateer team so the car wasn't capable of being driven, you know, flat out for nine thousand kilometers. So you did have to drive a lot in reserve. Um and for me that was alien. you know, <laughs> you know. it was like <laughs> I was confused for about the first <laughs> half of the rally, <laughs> uh, but a great experience, and it's it's probably not till you get to the end of a Dakar that you actually realise you did enjoy it. Mm. You know, you go through it all thinking, "What's confused with this? What's it for?" Uh, but when you actually get to the end and realise what you have done, uh, then that's when you, you realise that you've you've done a hell of a lot. Yeah. It's changed now. You know, the cars now with the the works teams they are driving yeah. pretty much flat out now, so. I think it has changed in that in that fight, but you know, 15 years ago in a small team, it was it was a bit different.
0: Mm. Before the days, it was all GPS tracked and you, you know, knew where you were going over the dunes instead yeah. of pointing and hope for the best. Yeah,
3: but I mean, even although they've got the the GPS in the car, you don't actually use that. It's all it's still done off road book and headings, compass headings, and yeah, then. Yeah. The, the gps only basically lock comes in when you've locked in you're within a 3k radius of a of the waypoint you've got to pick up uh, yeah so you're pretty much you're on compass headings roadbook and then when you get within that radius that comes on you go to the waypoint you get the waypoint, and the gps turns off again so it's not you're no there's no gps tracking or anything on it it's all basically it's old school yeah it's old school which that and that's part of the the enjoyment of it yeah
2: I learned something sorry yeah. we're all sitting here get Alistair in shock right now going wow so, I
1: didn't realise that myself either yeah. compass and, and road roadmap
0: I mean, sailors yeah. have a job then yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, Alistair when you're not doing the Disney heights of WRC or otherwise I know I've seen you in a couple of Targa West events in the past driving Porsches and the like um, you popped up at Leadfoot Festival in the last Few years and won them. Do um, you want to tell a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, as, as I said, earlier, I still I still
3: enjoy driving cars. Yeah. So uh, the the chance to drive can it anywhere and drive something different appeals to me. So obviously, I've done I've done Targa West uh, twice. i uh, have done quite a bit in New Zealand. Done some events up in China in the last few years as well. Uh, the lead foots um, that came about. Initially, the first one I did down there for Vantage, that owned the car, um, Kenneth Erickson used to do drive drive drive. Follow them in the race to the sky, uh, and the event stopped. But then they brought the event back again in two thousand fifteen, and Kenneth reckoned that he was too old for that now. So <laughs> uh, Craig Vincent, he contacted him to see if he'd be interested. Um, and you know, it's a the car is genuinely a WRC car from ninety nine, but with eight hundred horsepower. So wow. Well. Uh, to get the opportunity to drive that with a definite you want that's something you want to do and from there I've ended up, you know, the last well, five years I've done quite a bit with Vantage and with the Subaru whether it be Leadfoot, Ashley Forest Hill Climb, Race to the Sky and some corporate stuff for them as well so that car uh, it's an awesome car to drive it's got a lot of history down New Zealand so yeah, uh, you don't want to damage it and I, I seem to have been given the job of the one that can look after it but <laughs> I'm always myself that I
2: crash it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the uh, the rally nerd in Maine notice the number plates on that car of our Ar- well, Rod, Rog. yeah, 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 yeah Which yeah. is quite a throwback to yeah. those those in the know. So Yeah. 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 No th- well, these
3: well. all that stuff and then I should have been down in a tago in two weeks time with a Mark Two escort. Um but that's obviously with the current coronavirus. Yeah, uh, that's put pay to that so we'll we'll get one or two events in this year and likes so that if they do run goodwood Festival of the speed things like that i go back and do which is great to catch up with old mates and that's come. where i'm
2: supposed to be going i hope they run it yeah.
3: so. i'm not i've just heard they cancelled the tt yeah. they're oh. T tt so that's june so if that's gone then yeah,
0: you know, yeah it's, right it's not wrong. looking
2: promising unfortunately no, right. so well,
0: the, the banning snag got the chop today. so yeah, know. That, yeah that's, that's it that's, I'm actually, over. that's what you're going to do on a sunday now eh yeah.
2: Actually, that, that's good. I'd of knows what the bunny snag is, of okay. course. thank aye you. Aye <laughs> you. You know you're Australian when. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, that not, is that
3: not called going to the church on Sunday?
0: Yeah, thank you. That's <laughs> all right. No, that's the pub. That <laughs> pub? Can you just,
3: because I'm not initiated, so okay. Rog, f- fill us in with uh, Ro- Roger Freeth was Possum Bond's co-driver, okay. and he was actually killed here in Australia, and mm. I'm not sure what year that was.
0: Oh I think it was about 90 98, 98
3: maybe. So, yeah. So so the car the that car that I drive in New Zealand was obviously Possum's the last car he had mm-hmm. and I drove so it's always runs with or he always ran from then on he always ran with that registration number on it, so okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so there you go, Nick. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> yeah, yeah thank you Alistair. <laughs> no, no problem. So um,
0: Rogers was the one coming from Ringy, he was the one who generated paste notes as they pretty much stand today with the numbering and all the rest of it.
3: Yeah, he was a bit of a boffin was ro- was Roger. Yeah. yeah, good guy, good well, guy, yeah. very clued in.
2: Look back to um, the other night. Uh, I noticed "Dirtfish" written on the car you and uh, Max were driving. Is that you've got a bit of relationship with Dirtfish as well? Do you? or I've got relationships all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's good to hear. I'm no.
3: <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Now, I've got uh, Dirtfish is a uh, rally school out in America. Yeah. Uh, but it's owned by a, a, an English guy called Steve Rimmer uh, which I've, I've kind of met on and off through the years um, and then I did I did a bit of work with them out in America when they run their junior rallycross team, so doing a bit of kinda coaching, tuition with them uh, and he's got a massive car collection with quite a few Colin cars, so uh, the likes of Goodwood and these places, I'll go and drive the cars for him, so it's just through that and he's his uh his love of motorsport he you know he was he was just, he wants to be involved and and i've convinced him to you know come along as a sponsor with max uh, yeah. and and uh, hopefully we get the benefit and he gets the benefit and then we all you know we all do what we love as rallying
2: yeah i haven't seen a bit of dirt fish on on tv and it's sort of on my list to get over there one day and go have a go so yeah. it's pretty full on out there. Yeah, so. I mean
3: they're now they've now kind of stepped up from the rally school. They're now doing they've got their kind own of media outlet, if you want to call it that, for WRC and rallycross, and so wow. they started that this year. So they they're on every WRC round. They'll be on every WRX when you're world rallycross and American uh, rallying as well. So they're kind of trying to cover motorsport uh,
2: through social media yeah. videos or everything like that. Um, you d- I said you do live in sunny Perth now and you run the Driver Risk Management Centre uh, along with Kim Ledger if I'm not mistaken yep so can you uh, tell us a bit about what what that is um, a lot of us remember it as the old well how do Don't I Dtech d- and RAC yeah, yeah. yeah. do yeah. I have to be careful who I say on, on yeah. air or what yeah. but there ha- they go <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll say MC Motorsport how about yeah. that that's yeah. a shout out to Matt Cherry so anyway yeah, yeah. No,
3: I mean, basically, I, w- I was involved with a company in 2009. We started a driver training company here, SpeedAware, uh, myself and business partner, which we ran for, well, he ran it for longer. I was involved for five years um, and then uh, sold out to him. And then uh, probably two years ago, just through people I know and looking at something else that, to do, then we I was thinking about getting back into the driver training industry again uh, and went to see Kim because he'd been in the same. So we just basically kind of sat down and had a chat about it. Uh, we did have a, or we do have the, the opportunity in a property out near Billsbrook to to replicate what was at the airport because it had been closed down. Yeah. Um, so we started working towards that, and then working towards it, um, we managed somehow to get the the facility opened up again. So, you know, it's. I'm sure you guys know there's the 1.5k the track there, yeah. track. There's yeah. skid pans four that. wheel drive areas. Many, many. Uh, uh, to that. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, it's a facility that's shouldn't be sitting empty yeah. very much. Uh, it's changed a bit as to what we can run. You know, motorsport noise restrictions and all that is a, a bit of a sore point. So, you know, we're we're can, trying to build it back up as best we can, uh, and and get as many people there as possible, but. It's basically back in the, the driver training uh, segment. A uh, bit of performance driver training. Trying to bring in some new technologies with it's e-mentor and with simulators. We've got racecraft simulators down there, so it's uh, it's like a new project, but building all the time.
2: No, that's good to hear. I did say the other day you had the finals for the racecraft simulators or something, I think? Yeah, John,
3: John Leeser, he's John Leeser yeah. runs <laughs> uh, uh, racecraft. He's over all that, so he's He's working as his, as, a, as an entertainment business, yeah. uh, and he's also at the moment helping. us trying to develop some some driver training software for it as well. So uh, we want to try and do a bit of both. There's a, there's definitely the way the the simulator move moving, how accurate they are now, and realistic. You know, you can use it for for testing or practicing yeah. prior to moving in. I mean, I took Max down there before he drove the the radical in the competition, and you know, I'm old school. Like I get sick when I sit in a simulator, which is a bit a bit embarrassing. He <laughs> was bad as me. He get at the first corner and straight into the wall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. So I went, I went, I, but I took Max down and sat and watched him driving it, and could actually, you know, teach him. I couldn't do it as quickly as he could, but I could yeah. actually teach him the techniques and what to do. So we want to try and bring that side of it in, whether it's young kids coming from karting through to cars or or just general road use. Like that's what we're working in software for defensive driving on and general road use. So uh, there's, there's a great tool and we'll, you know, we'll use it as much as we can for sure.
2: Oh, excellent.
1: Just your
3: personal thoughts on that.
1: Like where we're at at the moment in terms of children getting their license these days in Western Australia having to do 50 hours, I think that's going to be increasing to 120 hours on road. What, I mean, I see the benefit in what you guys do down at the driver training yeah. centre. Is there, are you working towards getting that kind of legislated? In- yeah.
3: I mean, that's the, that's the perfect scenario is that we can run courses there that basically go against your hours now, whether that's simulation and a, a mixture. We want to do a mixture of simulation and on the, the, the track or the skid pans or whatever. Uh, but if you look at the 50 hours, it depends who's sitting with you for that 50 hours to whether there's much benefit of it Mm. so you know that's you could be you can be getting 50 hours of bad advice Uh, whereas you know if it's done professionally and I guess the way we want to do it then hopefully we can you know put drivers Mm. on the road that are more prepared and better suited to what the road conditions are and so on because I would argue 50 hours with
1: a parent is arguably not a good way to spend 50
0: hours. No, well, because you're going to pick up their <laughs> habits, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Like not merging or using an indicator. <laughs>
2: Fine language. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 10 but, under the limit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're about to
1: increase that too. I'm led to believe it's, that's been increased, 52. It's, it's going to be more than double that. But I think that's even more opportunities to pick up poor habits. And I think that's where it needs to get to is like some sort of, Legislation where we're required
3: to do X amount
1: of hours in a proper facility. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think the good thing about the the facility, the driving centre, is that you can actually do it before you get to that 16 years old and get your L plates. You you Mm. can actually do a fair bit prior to that that prepares you for it. Then, you know, when you do it in a safe environment, you know, where you can be the only one out there on the skid pan or the only one on the track, you can actually learn in a safe environment and not put other people at danger. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so but the important thing is is getting the making the hour valuable. You know mm. as you say you have 50 hours mm. of nonsense then it's not ideal. So. No, no, certainly not. So we're we're working towards that and we are speaking with agencies, government agencies about all that but you know Mm. things move slowly oh they do yeah yeah (laughs) do you also have the
1: facility with the the cars with the dollies as well where you can lift the rear we don't
3: have that that they were all gone Uh, when we took over it was it was pretty much a bare shell so we're just building things back up Mm. uh, over time but uh, we don't have them at the moment yeah no, it was a good.
1: I went in there a number of times myself as well. Yeah. Did the MC Motorsport thing one time. Yeah. Did the Camrys on the dolly as well. Another time, the MR2s as well. I think yeah. that was MC Motorsport yeah. too. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great, great facility. And it's glad, I'm glad to hear it's. It was. We were really saddened when we learnt that it was closed yeah. and for that period of time. Yeah. So now that it's up and running again, I think that's great. Yeah. No, we're looking forward to
3: building it up and and getting more people through the door. Mm. No, certainly, certainly.
2: I
0: mean, what was the the lease time? <laughs> Current world <laughs> events aside, it's probably going to extend it a couple of years. But yeah, you know, how much longer did they before they were planning to play the runway through that sort of property? Was there? Yeah, I mean at the moment they don't really know. You no, know, yeah. there's there's the
3: idea. I think the idea was when when the last tenant left that they wouldn't. It would basically be a runway. It wouldn't ever get used again. But that mm-hmm. has been delayed. So we're in there. You know, for five years, probably uh, a couple extra now. And then, you know. Hopefully we can extend that after that. So you know, we'd like to be in there for for a fairly long time. Hmm. That's no, certainly.
2: That's good. Um. Any going any lift on sort of the motorsport out there anytime soon, or again, the noise complaints is what's keeping it.
3: Yeah. Basically, we basically we've got to run under the environmental plan, which yeah. brings in noise levels. So we're, uh As you know, you can you can have a car that goes quickly that doesn't make noise, or yeah. you can have a car that's going slowly and makes a lot of noise. So we just need to if people work with us and uh, and we try and keep the noise down then you know for sure we can get performing cars on there but we just have to be mindful of the the neighbors
2: yeah fair enough actually one thing i do know while the driver training centre sent or set, sat sort of vacant for a while there were some guys testing electric cars out there now electric cars are a hot topic on our podcast all the time pros and yeah. cons um, have you had much to do with those guys at all have they kind of gone and done their own thing since then or
3: no we've not we do have the, the RAC tester. Uh, they're in, in telebus there so they're autonomous driving stuff but we've not had we have had one or two electric cars there and I th- hopefully we're going to have a bit more there in the future uh, but we've not had an awful lot to do with it yet but then I think that's something that will come for sure whether mm-hmm. we like it or not I was about to say,
2: what's your opinion on the electric car? Was that for a whole other segment for another time? Is it?
3: I mean, I I think for me, performance-wise, you know, like if you jump into an electric car and the performance it's got, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, but it's lacking noise. That lightweight, isn't it? Yeah, no, I like that. No,
2: no. So. no, I mean, I
3: think I think it's it's going to come at some point, but you know, I think it's a bit further off than what people believe and. I'm not convinced we're ready to convert to electric cars just yet.
2: No, I think we're sort of under the same impression here amongst...
3: There's nothing wrong with breathing a bit of fumes then, and again. <laughs>
0: yes. So, some yeah. doctors
3: disagree.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: What do they know? <laughs>
1: you know, the CEO of Formula E asked Michael Andretti if he could interview his father, Mario, and Michael said, you might want to rethink that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this uh, might go poorly for him. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i like yeah i can see that happening so
3: i was i was at the uh, top of the hill in goodwood last year and uh when the the volkswagen set the new record yeah Yeah. but they run the top 20 shootout and you're standing there and there's you can hear them coming up through the trees the noise you've obviously got the noise of v12s and god knows all what and they're arriving and there's flames and smoke and it gets it gets your blood going it's good yeah and then the the first and second place came in, that was uh, the Chinese car, what the hell was that? But it came in just like a Dyson Hoover. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> and then the Volkswagen blitzed the record, and it was the same thing, it was like... Yeah. Zzz, stop. <laughs> didn't quite have
1: it, didn't no, quite man. have it. it, didn't, it, doesn't, it I'll even that, Pikes Peak, I think it holds a record now as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah.
0: record anyway. Any yeah, yeah, yeah. we we'll make a good spectator sport, because you would be able to hear the commentary at least. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Good point. So they
2: actually were testing it the other day on a uh, we'll we'll call it a British motoring show. We probably can't name for various reasons, but they uh, put a driver in it um, at a job Now I can't remember the track, but yeah, he said it was fast as, but it was out of battery within two and a half laps.
0: Oh, was it Chris Harris? The Nurburgring ring? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's
2: there's
3: a long way to go with it, I think. Yeah, Mm.
2: exactly. Actually, Goodwood. Um, I've been lucky enough to be there. I mean, if you're a driver there, which is something awesome, alistair If you ask me, what is Goodwood like? Like, can you sell it to the people? Because I never shut up about it, and I was there last seven or eight years ago.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think for for now, I mean, in the last probably, well, probably seven or eight years, it's grown even more. It's now classed as the the kind of motor show and motorsport show in the uk yeah so you get over over the four days i think that some like 400 400 four hundred thousand people go and you've got cars from god knows what you know old 1906 cars that they sit there with their leather helmet on and then yeah. right through the formula one cars to the the latest electric cars motorbikes rally cars it's anybody, anybody that's into vehicles at all whether it's motorsport or just vehicles then it's, uh, it's something special, and you need to go. I mean, when I go driving there, I never get a chance to go and look around properly. But if you were going to actually just go and see the whole show, you would need to allow yourself two or three days because it's mm. you, you can't actually cover it off. There's so much going on.
2: Yeah, we did uh, three, and it wasn't enough. Yeah, so, yeah.
3: <laughs> so you know, there's not there's not many events you go to that. For me, I've not got uh, what do you call it? An attention span's not that great for me. Yeah. it drops <laughs> off quite quickly if it's not going fast. So if I go to a show on board very quickly, but with that one there, you could spend days there easily. So you know, for me, that would be would be uh, that's, say, that's saying it's a good event.
2: Oh, there you go. good to hear. Have you done the gravel section out the back as well? Or
3: yeah, that's I generally spend the day up there. We get kicked up in the back corner. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're the poor cousins, <laughs> <laughs> run, run, run around in gravel,
2: getting hot and dusty. <laughs> yeah, you've got to you know walk all up right the hill or catch the the bus up the top, and yeah. yeah.
1: They yeah. don't get a lot of TV coverage up there, but... They, they, no, they the don't. TV coverage
3: is, goes up there for a little while, but not not, yeah, not no, enough. Yeah, yeah. No, we, I mean, I've, I've driven... I generally drive the hell a few times and yeah. then up at the rally stage, so I get to see both of it, which is good.
2: Oh, that's excellent. So, no, it, is, it is a good event. Um, Again, when the world returns to normal, which we hopefully will say soonish. Yeah, go check out Goodwood. Um, See Alistair over there, if everything goes to plan. Otherwise might yeah. be next year for everybody involved but yeah
0: we're not sure at the moment but we're not sure <laughs> who knows what's going to happen yeah, next? but it
2: is quite a good event I've never been anywhere where you literally can walk through the pits and even talk to some other drivers and rub shoulders and then they just go oh I'm going to drive now and they jump in the car and nick off and you're like oh cool thank you <laughs> you know like there's no no, well, no princesses so to speak yeah. out there they're just I'm here to, here to drive and have fun and yeah you'll have yeah. to watch out for getting run right over from all. Oh, 800 horsepower rotary monsters and f1 cars and yeah yeah it's quite a thing even so.
1: nascars can you believe nascars they yeah, they do the of best NASCAR. burnouts up the hill <laughs> 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 even the trucks as well the nascar trucks are yeah there as well
2: except for ken blog when he throws it completely sideways into the lawn and no that the was um, no that was um mad mike no no uh, it was the, the 767 <laughs>
0: winning a few years ago as well oh that? that's right mm, yeah. the wrestler so. um
1: Goldstein. Goldberg. 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 Okay, He's one go. that. Yeah, that put the hay bars in the NASCAR truck.
2: I was the other year the Alpina. Brand new Alpina rare as rocking horse went right in front of the um, members' grandstand and yeah, got pulled out in two pieces. So <laughs> not ideal. No, it's idea. not
0: gonna sell safety features. <laughs> <laughs> no, you
2: didn't So So uh, Alistair, while we're and lastly while we're here, um the next twelve to eighteen months, hopefully coronavirus knock on wood doesn't completely put the world in disarray but hey, early days what's on your calendar of events coming up, where can we find you, what what can we see you are doing?
3: I'm not really sure, at the moment I should have been going to Otago and then back to the UK for Rally Day, then Goodwood uh, there's an event in uh, Scotland in October, uh, which is what's well, the McRae Challenge, it was a McRae Rally back then, so that would be myself, Max and my dad so the three of us doing that uh, then potentially Silver Fern in November down in New Zealand uh, next year I don't know just <laughs> one year at a time but it just obviously depends on you know, what happens over the next few months as to how many events continues
2: to run and yeah. whether I need to start drinking Peroni <laughs> well put mm. So, and uh, look lastly thank you Alistair for, for being here I think I'm sort of done with the questioning at the moment um, I don't know about you guys
1: Oh, where, where can we find more? Info- I know yeah. you have a very good YouTube channel. And where, where can we find information about yourself and uh, the Driver Risk Management Centre?
3: And social media. Social media. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not good with all that stuff. Google you, programs. you young guys, just Google things, do you not? <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, we've obviously Driver Risk Management's got Instagram, Facebook, yeah. LinkedIn, website. We'll, we'll
1: put and in then, the notes of the show yeah. anyway. So yeah. people, if they're listening to the podcast, go to the, note. the notes for the show, they'll, they'll all be there. Yeah.
2: I think we can find you at Alice McRae Motorsport on Facebook. That's the one. And then dot Yep. Yep. And on Instagram, I think you're Alistair McRae again. Are oh, you yep. McCray McRae? I don't
0: actually know. Alistair McRae, I think. Oh, there you go. He's got a 15-year-old son for all that. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah, yeah.
2: And Max is on there under Max McRae. 18. I there know, you go. I know
3: that much. Yeah. Good yeah. work. Good yeah, work, yeah. Dad. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm, I'm a bit old school. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll try and endeavour to catch up with you in the near future see what you're up to and what's happening and I suspect you know.
0: we're all going to have some free time yeah I think we're
2: going to have some free time So yeah. you know. Alistair said, it's
1: been a real pleasure thanks for coming in we really enjoyed it
2: no worries thank
0: you thank you Alistair alright thank thanks, you guys. Cheers. cheers see ya yeah. Talk and Power your motorsport and motoring radio show now on 88.5 FM the valley comes alive and podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.